The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network that you are sure to enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. That's right, Oz as in Australia. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash OZ, as they say. Uh, be sure to listen. It's a lot of fun and it's very geeky and cool. And if you like this show, you like that. Uh, before we get into our topic today, I'm going to uh, use my platform for my own self-interest here and uh, ask for opinions from the audience, which is uh, I've been thinking of switching my phone service from AT&T to Mint Mobile, which is that new prepaid service that seems a lot cheaper. I've been reading a lot of reviews, been trying to figure out what the catch is. I'm I'm a cynical kind of guy when it comes to this. I'm very <laughs> hesitant to pull the trigger. There's got to be a catch. Why is it so much cheaper? So if you're a Mint Mobile user, I would love to hear from you what your experience has been. Has Is it cheaper for you? They have this new family plan that literally just dropped like three days ago. Which can you can add like uh you can have three lines in a family and each line can have a different plan like depending on how much you know internet you, you know uh, data you want for them to have and that sort of thing and it really seems really great. My oldest is old enough now to get a phone number. We want to we want to get her a number uh and a phone and gosh we're paying an arm and a leg to AT and T for just two lines. I can't mm. imagine what we'd be mm. paying for three. So. Mint Mobile looks like a good deal. So I'm just looking for feedback from anyone. You can send it to technology at sqpn.com and let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so enough of my own uh, using this for my own purposes and my benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's benefit you, the listener. Today's topic, the idea is if you wanted to, how would you delete yourself from the Internet? Because we're everywhere on the Internet these days, right? I mean, we're, we, we got stuff here, there and everywhere. If you Google yourself, you'll find all kinds of things. Is it is it even possible to delete yourself from the internet? And uh, so I wanted to start there with the first. The question is why you might want to delete yourself from the internet, or at least decrease your presence on the internet. Um, and and where when I phrase this topic, I don't necessarily think that a lot of you want to completely delete yourself from the internet, but someone or many of these things that we mentioned may be things you want to do to so sort of decrease your presence. And so, hope, you know, hopefully some of this in one point or two or more will be relevant to you. But let's start with the, the question of is why would you want to delete yourself from the Internet or decrease your footprint there? Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, what would be relevant reasons uh, for, for that? I think I think probably the first one is just general privacy. I think, you know, we've it's interesting, you know, when the Internet first came out, it was kind of a free form. You know, everybody kind of did their own thing. Everybody put up their own websites. Everybody went to all these different chat groups and everything. And yep. and it got more and more structured and people were, you know, doing things like taking themselves when they take pictures on vacation and Facebook tracking and all these things that you, you could do. And it was all great. It was wonderful. Oh, look at how much fun I'm having on vacation. Look how much fun yeah. I'm having at the, at the pub and all, and all this. I checked and, in on Foursquare and I'm the mayor of my cafe down the street. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or in my case, untapped. And this is, you know, my favorite beer of the moment, you know, right, right. things like that, you know, and, and, but now we're starting to have recognition that that can cause a lot more problems than we think, you know, talking about, you know, checking in with Foursquare and, and stuff like that, where you get cyber stalkers or people mm -hmm. might want to, oh, this person just posted that they're gone. And so that means their house is open, you know, right. stuff like that, you know, and that, that's that's real things that have happened. There have been story after mm -hmm. story of somebody was a, a regular, you know, 
uh, tracking themselves on Facebook and in all these other things, logging into different places. And people, someone noticed that and was able to see when they're going to be gone for a week and, you know, broke in. That's happened yeah. many times. This is why I don't announce on podcasts that I'm not going to, like, if I'm not going to be here next week to, because I'm going on vacation, I don't announce right. that on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, so I, I think, you know, and then of course you hear stories of people with their jobs and everything where they post something online and they lose their job because of it, you yeah. know, stuff like that. I mean, that, that's taking a lot of things and making, you know, the, just these privacy issues in general, the internet is not a safe place. And there mm-hmm. are things that we probably don't want out there. We probably shouldn't have put out there in the first place, but that's another story. Right. Well, sometimes we learn, uh, you know, we, we, uh, the Internet's been around for long enough for most of us and for some younger people for their entire lives. Yep. Stuff they posted when they were young and stupid, you know, mm-hmm. sticks around until they're older yeah. and wiser and uh, or le- at least less stupid. And and then it comes back and bites them. I mean, we've seen this with celebrities over and over again. Another thing might be just data brokers out there collecting our information and selling it and packaging it and you know just the annoyance of it all uh maybe we want to decrease our exposure in that front too mm-hmm. um how about you joanne yeah i i i think from the get-go when i started on the internet way back when in the stone age during the flintstones <laughs> era um we were hiding behind personas anyway yeah so I created maybe two or three personas, depending on what, you know, uh, group I was with. So those, because of disuse, have pretty much, you know, faded into the background. I did a Google search of myself and mostly it's obituaries that I've been in. <laughs> no, seriously. Or work stuff. The funny thing is my own podcast that I used to have is it doesn't even come up in it. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And it had a website and it had and it had it has a YouTube page. And I do not come up on the on at least the first 10 pages of Google. Oh, wow. interesting. Right. So I wasn't one for maybe Mm self-promotion. And maybe that's why I haven't hit. But it's mostly work where I've been working in the past. Maybe I'd say 15 years. If I'm on the website, that's what it seems to have 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 pulled from. Or obits. So I don't know. I think it's I think there are people out there who go on the Internet and they want to be noticed. Yes. And so they'll so you know, any publicity is good publicity. Sure. So then that's where you get yourself into trouble. And no, I'm one of those people, too, that doesn't announce on <laughs> Facebook. I'm going away on vacation or I'm going. Mm-hmm. I, I, ne- I don't put much on Facebook because I think I learned about trolls early on. Yeah. So it was like, why do I want to engage people in? But sure. I think people who have had this problem now are probably thinking, you know, it might be good if I decrease and let something else increase because mm-hmm. sure. um, I'm getting in tons of spam, tons of um, I think it, just from seeing all of my stuff out there from parishes. That's where I get those letters from the pastor saying, could you go get me some iTunes gift cards? Right. Yep. Right. You know, oh, yeah. those lovely scam. spams. You, right. Pastors do not need iTunes gift cards. They're not. No, they, they, a, they Speak wouldn't know what yourself. to do. Most of <laughs> them would yourself. not know what to do with them. And you no, know it. No, no, no. Most wouldn't. You're this not, one would. You're <laughs> not getting iTunes gift cards to help that the poor family down the street who needs groceries. I mean, that's, right. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly. Phrased. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing, too, that might be useful is you, know, you think. I have an unusual name, you know, Domenico Bettinelli is not the most, it's not John Smith, uh, but it can, it can sometimes, it's interesting if you Google that, or if you look at some of these like uh, directories of, you know, find out anything about anyone, I run into stuff. It has, all of them have me mixed up with my dad who has the same name and my mm-hmm. nephew has the same name and then strangers. Like there's information. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> it's not me or my dad or my nephew. And it's like, if, if you get yourself mixed up with that stuff and someone could come after you or, you know, that mm. sort of thing, mistake you a mistaken identity or like there was this, I saw this article, this guy named John Smith, like literally John Smith. Mm-hmm. He has had so many problems in life. It, he, the TSA is constantly pulling him out of line because of warrants and 
you know, no fly orders and he gets mm. the hotels and they, they didn't actually keep his uh, reservation because they thought it was a joke and all kinds of problems with having a, this very common name. So just even because you have, you have your name, you can sometimes have issues. So, yeah. But as somebody, but as somebody in genealogy like myself, I want to see those unusual names because if I'm looking for most of my family has an unusual name. Right. So it's it's good to be out there in that sense. In the genealogical records, like usually government records or parish records, that sort of thing. Right. So the one thing to do is if when you're getting started with this process is to Google yourself, but not just regular Google. What you want to do is you want to log out of your Google account if you have one. Right. And maybe you can open a whole new browser. Yeah. And then enter your name. I, I would say either log yourself out or use uh, privacy mode. Mm, yes. You know where. Well, that doesn't always work, though. If you use, like, Google Chrome's privacy mode, that, that Google still sees you. You know mm. what I mean? And and it can still skew the results. So uh, it, it may or may not give you the cleanest results. Yeah. But but it, it's still it. it it still will help. I it mean, helps. It's, it's not going to be the same results by a long shot. Right. Right. Uh, so, and then you can see where, you know, where you are on the internet and what kind of information is out there about you and that sort of thing. So that's, and it's, it's it can be a fun exercise or scary depending on your, <laughs> on your personal history, but uh, you know, it might be interesting to do that anyway. Uh, now you could hire third party services to do this for you. Um, there's various ones like uh, one's called deleteme.com. There's another called jumbo.com. Uh, your mileage may vary. The, the, the you're going to pay a lot of money in in some cases, and you might be able to. They, they're probably not going to be able to do more than you already could do for yourself. But you know, if if you don't if you don't feel confident, it, it sometimes it's just easier to pay someone and and take the worry off your hands and let them do it. But let's talk about some of the things that you could possibly do to to uh, help yourself here. And I'm going to have a bunch of links in the show notes to uh, give you more information on this. Um, there's a, so step one, you could delete your social media accounts, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> LinkedIn, Tumblr, uh, live journal. Think that's the thing is you have to think back, think back. Mm-hmm. Where have I created social media accounts? Go back. Yahoo. Yes. Do you guys, uh, what do you guys remember any of your old social media accounts that you have that you're not including ones you're not using anymore? A lot what? of old form yeah. forms. You remember the same one was still out there, but there's yeah. a lot of old forms that BBS is. the forms have gone dead. BBS, they've gone dead, but mm-hmm. the accounts are probably still out there. If I wanted to recover them, you guys remember, everything I put out there was still out there. Do you remember Plurk? That was oh, yeah, that's still out there. Yeah. yeah, hot for a little while. Uh, it's still there. It yeah, still exists. A lot of SQPN folks uh, got on there. I think I remember back in the day after one of yeah. the Catholic New Media conferences. Uh, but yeah, they're still out there. So you may have accounts there still. And you know, if you lost the password, you could possibly you could do the you know I forgot my password thing and have them email it to you mm-hmm. and revive it so you can delete it. Uh, uh, assuming you still have that same email address, well, that's true. that's or even know that old email address, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so, so you so old social media accounts. You could uh, you, then you would want to maybe look at shopping, payments, gaming accounts. So, uh, if you want to, if this is if you're trying to erase your footprint, things like Uber and Lyft, uh, mm-hmm. PayPal, Venmo. Uh, the you know various gaming services like Xbox or PlayStation, various places that even have uh, you know Steam. These all mm-hmm. have social aspects that like you, the information is exposed. So anywhere where other people are ex- can see the information, but also some of these services, even if they don't expose it to like a communal thing, they they still data broker it. They still sell it, yeah. and so that's something to keep in mind. Even things you're talking about shopping, even Amazon, which doesn't have really a social media aspect, but they definitely, you know, they sell their data. Oh, yeah. You know, they do. I mean, that they, they, they don't just make money off of shipping books. Oh, you run into it all the time. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the evidence of that. Uh, yes. And so yeah, even like old Amazon reviews, you have your old Amazon reviews are out there. So uh, and we didn't mention another reason someone uh, we, we kind of uh, hinted at cyber stalking, but also there are people who are in legal situations where they need to, to mm. not be found old, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, spouses or uh, romantic partners or, uh, you know, 
Vinny no nos, you know, and you're in witness protection now or something, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, you don't want them to find you. So that that sort of thing. Um, do you do you guys have any idea of how many total accounts you have where you've set up accounts? Oh, oh I, I can look at my I can look at my password manager, but it still wouldn't have all of them. Yeah, it still wouldn't have all of them because there's there's a lot that I'd set up before I even heard the word password manager. Well, and and, and yeah. when I change jobs. You, I've had a profile, I've had email addresses and profiles for all of those specific vendors under that particular, particular parish's account. Now I got to make another one. So I'm <laughs> sure I've got at least 50 behind me, you know, that I've had to abandon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a thousand active uh, logins in my uh, uh, one password. That's Ouch. the active ones. The arch- I have an archive. I never throw them any away. I have 1,400 Ooh. things archived. <laughs> yes. See, I'm not quite that bad, but I, I can see I've got 489 that are uncategorized. Uh, and there's even more stuff in there that I should probably get rid of. But yeah, that, that's, yeah. And, that, and then there's the stuff that predates that. And so, mm. yeah, there's a lot, you, you, you probably have, you almost certainly have more accounts than you think you have. So that's Oh, yeah. Don't keep in mind. It's also a reason why you should have a, a password manager to help you mm. keep track. Oh, yeah. It, you can't live without a password manager anymore. So here's right. an interesting and perhaps controversial one. Uh, one of the, Several of the articles I looked at suggested that you go to old forums where you've been members and maybe have posted messages. And a lot of them won't let you delete messages, right, And once they're posted because that would screw mm-hmm. up the threading and all sorts of things. You can delete your account, but you can't delete the messages. But what you can do, they suggest, is edit the forum post to just put like a period in it so that it has one, you know, one character period in it and then delete your account. I don't know. that oh. Because you what you're doing is you're deleting the the content of your post and now it kind of ruins those threads regardless. What do you think? But let me ask, let me ask a question here. What about the Wayback machine? Wouldn't they still be oh, on the Wayback yep. machine? They yes. Could. Nothing ever, nothing is ever gone. Right. Truly gone. The internet right. archives, Wayback machine caches a lot of stuff that you not, certainly not, not everything, everything, but certainly it caches a lot of things. So even then, I don't know if it does forums and forum posts, but it might. I used to be on a, a touch by an angel forum and mm. a lot of it is still there. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So I wonder, I didn't look this up ahead of time. I should have, if there's a way to get uh, the internet archive to remove st- content I'm not sure you can. Uh, uh, you their might, their you job can, is to gather it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think if it's something that you own, you know, like if it's your personal website, I mm-hmm. think that, it, yes, they will remove it. Um, but as far as um, things that other people like a forum. Um, yeah, they, I don't think they'll touch it. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm just just kind of out of curiosity. I just pulled up on the Wayback Machine a, a, a forum I've been on for a long time, and oh yeah, there there are snapshots from this forum. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can pull up the actual forum here. You know, see if you can read articles and stuff. But it looks like they do archive forums as well on the Wayback. So you, even if you deleted them, your stuff mm. would still be here. Oh gosh, yeah, I, yeah. I would think so. Yeah, you can prevent it from adding content. Like you can yep. set up a head uh, a robots.txt file in your on your website that tells it not to crawl your site, but you can't tell it to go back and remove stuff from the site in the past. There might be a lawyer way of doing it. A lot of this stuff, you know, if if they if you can't get the uh, the site to do it through a normal means, you know, getting a lawyer to send a letter will sometimes mm-hmm. work. So there there might be a lawyer way to do that. Yeah, so so going going back on, on like blanking out your uh, forum posts, frankly, I, I think that would be kind of pointless because yeah. if that forum happens to be on the Wayback Machine, somebody will just go to the Wayback Machine and see what you posted anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes it harder. And that's part of it is you can't completely eliminate yourself, hide on the Internet, you, you know, completely remove yourself, but you can make it harder to find you. And so there may be that if it depends on how much you want to get yourself removed from these mm-hmm. places uh, and to be unfindable. Uh, another suggestion they say, and it's kind of obvious, I guess, if you have your own website, delete it and cancel the domain uh, mm-hmm. because that's out there, you know, with your stuff. Uh, 
there are lots of data brokers that are take they they, they scrape uh, both websites and publicly available records. Mm-hmm. So like phone books or government records that are out there in the uh, public area. And they, um, they, a lot of these different data brokers are out there and you can, they, they all now have uh, ways to opt out and I'll have a link to several of the, the big ones like Spokio and instant checkmate and that sort of thing where you can tell it to uh, you want to opt out of their pages. They won't, they shouldn't put your information in there. Um, mm-hmm. So, but these, these are the ones I was talking about, like a, several of them, I looked myself up on them and they had my information mixed with my dad's and my nephew's and it was all mm. kind of, so it's not even all that good of information to begin with. And that, that's kind of the annoying thing. Have, <laughs> have you ever looked yourself up in any of these uh, data broker sites? Uh, you know, find record, find information about anyone. That's what usually the ads say. Yeah, my husband has. He gets very scared when he <laughs> right. finds he's like, they've got they've got this information on our house and all. I'm like, Kev, it's public record. Yes. You yeah. know, they're, they're picking up stuff that's all public record. And, and yes, I get the Zillow Zestimates. Yeah. Ooh, every yeah, yeah. every month telling me my house is going up in price. And I'm like, that's nice. It's called inflation. <laughs> True. Yeah. Because well, a year from now, it'll go down. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things. To, to keep in mind, speaking of that, is most cities and towns, including my very small town, if you go to the city or town website for the, you know, the, the local government mm-hmm. if, and you go to the assessor's office page, there'll usually be a link to a public records database of all the property in town. And all you have to do is you could search on property owners names. And at least in my town, you can. I, I'm giving away the. How people can find me, I suppose. But and yeah. then you can find people's addresses and what they paid for their house and what they pay in taxes. And they'll, they'll sometimes have photos of the house and all that sort of information. I don't know that you can actually have that obscured, which is concerning. Yeah, probably not. Well, if, yeah. if, if anything's government public information, there really isn't yeah. a way they can do that. So it's keep in mind, you know, that that much that sort of information is not always possible to to remove uh it was never addressed in any of the things i looked at so i have a feeling a lot of these services that are advertising this sort of thing know that <laughs> they can't get you you can't be removed from from government records that are publicly available uh so then they recommend also often uh, deleting your email accounts of course if you, you mm-hmm. if you've got an email address especially if it's been out there for any length of time it's everywhere so, uh-huh. you know, you yep. could delete it and then you could set up a new email account at some of these privacy focused uh, places like Proton Mail or others that will obscure. And in fact, I'll have a link to an article uh, from the uh, New York Times site Wirecutter on how to be more create a burner identity that they call it. So uh, you can have private email forwarding using a service like Simple Login. Uh, Proton Mail is another one. Uh, th- you can create a throwaway email called at a service called MailDrop, which is you use it once and you don't, ha- and it it throw- it, it uh, goes away. Uh, privacy, which is the virtual credit cards that I I was one of my picks of the week a while ago. Still love it. Still working great. Uh, Google setting up a Google Voice phone number is another way to obscure your presence. And then uh, and then there's a service called MySudo. It's like an app, and it. It's a subscription service and it bundles it all together. Uh, you, it does a lot of these services. Uh, but uh, so, you know, you, you're erasing yourself, but then there are services to, to get back in there a little more securely. Uh, I want to mention the uh, Google has a couple of things. There's a website called myactivity.google.com, which uh, it it's Google's way of exposing to you how it the information it has about you. Mm-hmm. about your activity uh, using its various services. And you can set up things like set up an, uh, you can delete any saved activity they have on you. And you can also set up an auto delete every six months, delete everything you have about me. Um, that, no. that might not be a bad idea. And, and one thing with the Google I should mention is this is especially important for Android users because it also includes your location history from your phone. Right. You know, just like when you authorize location on your computer, just like that on your phone. So you can go to manage history and it'll show you everywhere your phone, meaning you were. Right. Mm. Right. And it will show you on a beautiful Google map. (laughs) Ooh. I mean, literally, I, I just pulled up mine. It's 
of course, lots of red dots in, you know, Montana, North Dakota, Washington, mm. you know, that area. But it's just like, yeah, everywhere I've been since I've had an Android phone, basically. And you can you can narrow it down to when you were where. I mean, it, it's 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 a lot of information. Let's just put it that way. Yep. <laughs> so you so the categories that gives you control over web and app web and app activity, location history, like you mentioned, YouTube history, and ad personalization. So uh, you can individually control each of those uh, and w- what it records and and delete whatever information they have. Well, something I like right now is Apple's hide my email. Yes. That they have. That's nice if I want, if I'm going to a site that I don't think I'm going back to again. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and I want to, and I have to put an email address in. I'll, yeah. That I like. I'll sometimes use that even for sites I plan on using regularly, but I just don't want to, uh, but I want to be able to cut ties if I need to. Uh, So what it does is, is Apple sets up in between you and, and them a Fake email, like a not a fake email, an alias email, a long random yep. n- string of numbers and letters. And uh, when that website emails you, it sends it to that address and then Apple translates it to your actual address. So that website never has your actual email address mm. so that if you want to cut ties, they've become annoying and it will won't stop emailing you and you can't unsubscribe or whatever. Or you just don't care to go through the rigmarole of canceling accounts or whatever. You just kill that email that tell Apple delete that alias bounce anything mm-hmm. that goes to it. And now you've cut ties. So that's, yeah, it's really useful. It's built in to Apple mail and uh, works really well. Uh, it, which is, it's different from the Apple login, which is the, uh, the sign in sign in with Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but similar because that also obscures your email address. But it's interesting that Apple has this now built in where you have the, you know, you have that type of a, you know, hide my email or you have the Apple login, you know, right. Or you have on the Apple card, the token instead of your actual number. Yep. Yeah. They seem to yep. be running in that vein. Oh, oh and... Apple is all privacy all the time now. I mean, you've, there's a new ad, which is kind of funny about you know, uh, protecting your data. Yes, um, I, mm, I've yeah, seen that one. It's it's kind of amusing. And uh, so, yeah, Apple and, and Google, I mean, I actually have an article that I wanted to discuss at some point in the uh, on the show about Google's plans for becoming more privacy focused because, which is kind of <laughs> ironic, <laughs> but, yeah. but they've seen the writing on the wall, which is that Apple is is really become known as the privacy you know c- computer company, and people want it because people don't like having everything exposed. Uh, so if you ever want to remove yourself from Google searches, that's different from your Google activity. You, if you want to get like if you do a Google search and a link comes up, you're like, I don't want my name associated with that. So, you know, how do you remove your name from Google searches? There's a, a well, if you're from Europe, you're in luck because <laughs> as of 2014, Europeans based on the uh, European law can request that Google remove their personal information from search results. So that's just boom, you can do it. Right. If if anywhere else, you have to go through a bit more rigmarole. And there's there's I'll have a link to an article uh, on privacyb.com that talks about some ways you can go about getting in particular things removed from Google searches. You can't do all of your name on mass easily, uh, but mm-hmm. even that is technically possible, but it takes a lot more work. Uh, and then once you're done, you've done all this. Uh, they recommend deleting unused apps on your devices, like on your phone. Uh, a lot of those apps will have off. Well, sometimes have data collection as part of their, mm-hmm. their basic function. You want to get rid of that. Um, you'll want to turn off certain uh, location frameworks and that sort of thing. Uh, then you probably want to get a privacy focused browser like brave or Vivaldi mm-hmm. or a couple of the other ones that are like that, uh, that, really prevents tracking your activity online and revel in your privacy. Yeah. One one thing talking about unused apps, uh, Android, a couple revisions ago, a couple versions ago added that if you don't use an app within like a month, it'll revoke any permissions that you've given it. So any permissions Mm. to GPS, any Mm. permissions to video and audio, your files, any of those, you know, where it pops up, Hey, you know, do you want to grant this permission? Yes or no you know, or while using this app. Yeah. Um, so about once a month, I'll get a little pop-up saying, Hey, you haven't used this app in a while. So I've revoked the permissions. Oh, that's good. I like that. You know, so, and so I like that it notifies you. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of one step where you can say, okay, I haven't used, I haven't used the FedEx app in, you know, a month. I really don't ship with FedEx. So delete, you know, right. things like that. Yeah. Cause that's the one difference. I like that. It tells you in Apple, it'll just, you know, put it in the cloud, but it'll oh, leave it there. The offload apps, the right. offload, yep. but yeah. it doesn't, but it doesn't notify you that it's doing it. Uh, yeah. You know, it, I've I've got the, that's just something you can turn on or turn off, and I've got it turned on because uh, I, I have lots of apps on my phone, and I, I, when I turned it on, I was like, I don't want them really taking up all that space, but it can be annoying because there are apps that I don't use all that much but uh, when i need them i want it there <laughs> and suddenly yeah. i'm out and about and i want to use this app and i'm like oh you have to be on wi-fi to download this one unless you give a special permission oh just come on <laughs> download the, the, the uh, data here is awful you know that uh, sort of thing i just yeah <laughs> i hadn't used gas but gas buddy in a long time until like two months ago right and i went through the same experience yeah yeah, yeah it was, actually that was me just this morning i hadn't used google drive on my uh iPad in a while, and it's like, what do you mean? It's I have to download it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> exactly. Come on, come on! I need this now. <laughs> I tried to get, uh, you know, a, a storage on my devices that is large enough that I don't have to constantly do that. So I think I'm actually going to turn that off on mine. I, I think I'm going to uh, have it have everything stay there, um, and if I, unless I run into a problem. But I like the idea that. It, it should tell you because then that yeah. might prompt you to get rid of them. Right. If you're true. not using it, it's like, okay, do it because that doesn't, you know, I usually have to go through my phone every couple of months and go, am I really using this? Or was this just a one-off yeah. or something? Right. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice feature. And there's, there's times where it might be just one or two apps. Times it might be a dozen apps where it right. says you haven't used these in a month, you know? Yeah. So they, you know, so I've removed their permissions, but you can click on them and re-add if you need to. You know, but again, like, you know, like I said, that's a good opportunity to say, you know, I'm not going to use this. Gone. Yeah, I, didn't even, I didn't even remember downloading this. Oops. <laughs> gone. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's a lot in, like I said, there's going to be links to a bunch of different articles that kind of lead you through step-by-step of these things and kind of go into a little more detail on this. If this is something you want to do. And like, and like we were just saying, like, Sometimes it's just you want to clean things up, and this is a nice way to clean up uh, the mess of your online presence. And you don't need, necessarily want to delete yourself from the internet, but you want to clean it up, and or at least know what's there. And that's all, also useful too. All right, let us move on. Uh, before we do, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Alan E., Barbara T., Anthony C., Michael F., and John M. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, let's talk about some headlines. Apple made some announcements recently about some accessibility improvements. There's a recently a day, like a global uh, technology accessibility day or something that they celebrate in May. And hmm. Apple has been taking advantage of that to in the last few years to announce some accessibility based features ahead of the new WWDC that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, it makes it so it doesn't get lost in the all the excitement of the new operating system, I think, which is nice. And some of these new features are kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> we should talk about a couple of them, which is uh, one of them is a, called door detection. And what it does is for people who are especially uh, visually impaired, it can detect how far they can detect a, the existence of a door when you like arrive at a location, it can detect how far away it is, describe it to you, uh, describe uh, whether it's glass or, uh, you know, wood or, or solid. I think maybe I don't know if I can tell if it's wood or metal, uh, where the handle mm -hmm. is, if it's closed, um, if you need to push it, turn a knob or pull a handle, even read the signs and symbols on it, which is useful if you're looking for the bathroom and you want to go yeah. into the, the men's room and not the ladies room or vice versa. Uh, so that looks really cool. I, I really uh, love that technology. That that would be good if you're in a foreign country, if it'll read it in the language of the foreign country. Oh. Now, that would be superb. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many languages it can do. Uh, mm. Probably not many at the launch, but probably a lot at, eventually. Uh, they also announced another uh, feature called Apple Watch Mirroring and Quick Actions, which, I mean, even for those of us who aren't, 
have accessibility issues. Mm-hmm. Sometimes using the tiny little watch and tapping things is a pain. So this, what this does is it mirrors the Apple Watch onto your phone screen, much bigger, and so you can do the functions of your watch on the phone screen, which is nice. It lets people who want to use a watch and its various functions uh, do so. So that's cool. Um, and then they have another one called Live Captions, which will take, like, if, if you're in a FaceTime call, you can, it will live uh, caption things. It will it'll, uh, take people's spoken word and put in a caption, like, above their head or by their head and yes. with the, their name above mm. it so you can read it as you go. And, frankly, this is the sort of thing I think would be useful for a lot of people <laughs> because, yeah. uh, you know, I, I often have a hard time understanding people on the, uh, you know, in a FaceTime uh, you know. Yeah, I could see using that a lot. Uh, yes. Not and again, would would this be something that could translate into another language? It's, and I and I, th- I think of a lot of that now because I'm working with a, bi- a trilingual right. community. Mm. Now, so, does, does Apple have? I mean, Google obviously has Google Translate, which does a pretty good job of translating. Does Apple have anything like that at all? And that could be a stumbling block yes. from them doing that. They do. They have an app on the phone called Translate that it ships with that yes. will do translations. And it's on all of this. That's another point thing is all of this is done on device. It's not done in the cloud mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, yeah, they have they do. They do some live, um, not live. They do some translating, you know, language to language translating in that app. So it's possible that they're moving in that direction with this sort of thing, which would be really cool. Universal Translator, yeah. anyone? But yeah. even, you know, this is good for people who mumble. Yep. And you're on and you're on a call with them and they're going, oh, and you're like, what? <laughs> is <laughs> so yeah. the phone can hear them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I thought, I thought was cool is uh, something called buddy controller, which means that uh, s- someone who is uh, physically uh, handicapped, they they can have someone they, they can have a game controller and have someone also with a game controller, and they can be both playing the sing the single game so the person can be helping them play the game oh, so that's they do, ganging up on people well but it's <laughs> but it, it's so they're playing one one game they're playing you know, they're not like co-op playing they're playing mm. the, the same character say in the game that's, but but someone may not have the dexterity for certain functions so yeah so that, that, that's almost i mean this, this obviously for someone with, you know that has needs like that that's that'd be a good thing but this is about like you know you have the the three-year-old kid that wants to play so you hand them the unplugged controller and you keep playing <laughs> right, right? right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so see how good you're doing and the kids just sit there pounding buttons and you know <laughs> I, well i, I wonder quite, sometimes but. now uh, whether they'll uh there's a way to, to know if someone's doing it because in like competitive gameplay, if you've got two people playing the same character, like one of the guys is lobbing, you know, virtual grenades and the other is sniping with that character. They're going to, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny. I'm yeah. I think it's curious. something like Fortnite where something like the, the, a function like this would be really handy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so it, it's really, it's, and they have several other ones in there that, that they, they talk about, but uh, it's really awesome to see how they're really going and making this technology available to everyone and not just the straight up productivity technology but even the fun stuff like playing games it, it should be mm-hmm. accessible yeah i'm kind of intrigued with the siri pause time one yes yes um because yeah it, it will help users with speech disabilities adjust how long siri waits before responding to a request i run into this all the time i have a i have an 11 year old who has a stutter and like, mm. he'll, you know, he'll ask Alexa, what, 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 and it will like, I don't know what you're saying. Wait for him to finish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or for an older person who can't remember the word they're trying to remember, and it's yes. like, uh, you know, hey, Shlomo, I need uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, hold on, <laughs> my dad, who's in his eighties, he, you know, he'll he'll want to use Siri to ask, but you know, what was the score of the game? Uh, what was the Boston Red Sox score? I think they're playing Tampa today. <laughs> yeah. oh. and, you know, and it's like, Dad, just like, but you know what? It's sh- they should be able to understand that. I can understand mm. that. You know, why can't right. the, the what the, these these uh, personal assistants have been training us how to speak to them as in, instead of the opposite? So right. there, there needs to come a day when these things can respond to us the way we talk as opposed to the way it wants us to talk. 
Mm-hmm. By the way, there's a Saturday Night Live skit about that. You'll have oh, to yeah. go look it up. Yes, uh, Alexa Google. Silver. This, the, oh yep. no, yes. I, I like the Hey Google. The Google. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. But the uh, yeah the the Alexa Silver edition is hysterical. That is. Oh, that I've is, seen like, that. At one, one point, the guy's just ranting at it, and the uh, Alexa is going uh huh uh huh uh huh uh huh. Aloysius. I can't remember the name. Aloysius. I don't know about that. Yep. Uh, so uh, our next headline, <laughs> this, this is a fun one. We, uh, listen, think about this one as you're uh, going to bed tonight. Uh, researchers in the UK have developed an autonomous snake-like robot designed to slither down human lungs into places that are difficult for medical professionals to reach. That sounds like the plot Ew. of a movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I didn't see anything. I, I, a different story I saw, uh, put it that way. Uh, it looks like a like a like a metallic goo, uh, or no, hmm. this is a different one. This one is like looks like a very uh, thin wire, basically. Yeah. Um, I I, I hope that would they put you out when they do this because it would feel really weird to have something oh, slithering around inside your lungs. I, I would I would gag just going down the throat. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. right enough right there would be. Uh, a, I've be had out. an endoscopy while awake. Oh. Never yeah. again. I I so. can't even get uh, I can't even get uh, dental X-rays. <laughs> so, no, no, no yeah. me neither. That's out. That's out. Uh, there, I saw a different one that was like it was like a metallic goo that that is all that could, they could control and could slither down mm-hmm. inside the body. Which again, no thanks. But I mean, it's still fascinating and amazing that like they can without having to open you up, you know, and mm-hmm. cut into yeah. you. I they like can, that idea. They, it's it's less invasive, and therefore, you know, the less the less they have to cut into you, the safer it is. So, mm-hmm. uh, just as long as the thing doesn't run out of battery halfway back up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you, you know, the, the goo isn't such a problem. It's the fact that the doctor says resistance is futile before he stuck it in you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Gentlemen, the, the visuals are killing me. Here. Yeah. yeah, we are the Borg. Oh, that exactly. I would, I, uh, you know what? Totally. After he put it in, I would go stiff and go. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. <laughs> and scare him half to death. I, I would totally do that. I would totally do that. Now I want to do this. No, I don't. But <laughs> and doctor, you go, oh, another Star Trek. Geek. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah it's not original. We've, we've seen this one. <laughs> or, yeah. or, uh, or make an aliens joke. But uh, that's a whole nother. <laughs> oh, but, you know, one thing I will say more, more serious, though, is a lot of these, this technology where they can be so much less invasive for these surgeries. Uh, I've heard of, of, of a couple of people now where they had a stroke and they were able to basically go in remotely and basically suction out the, the clot that caused the stroke. Oh, wow. wow. They didn't have to do like open, open head surgery or anything like that. They could just go in through your artery and up. Wow. I mean, so like there actually is a lot. So this, this could be the kind of technology that makes that even better where they don't even have to open you up. I at mean, all, they don't even have to cut the little slit, you know. In some ways, it is like Star Trek, you know that the, the, that advanced medical technology you sometimes see on those on the sci-fi. It's we're living in science fiction. It's really awesome. Mm. Yeah. So our last headline is uh, uh, another one. We seem to have these themes that come up, like you know, Facebook is horrible. Amazon is taking <laughs> over the world. Well, this one is an Amazon taking over the world one. Uh, so Amazon's Prime Delivery Service is they're opening it up to other retailers. Uh, which is a kind of a competition with FedEx and UPS. Now, it's not really competition with FedEx and UPS in that FedEx and UPS will go to your business, pick up packages, and deliver it to someone else. Yep. With this buy with Prime uh, feature that Amazon has, you have to be a fulfillment by Amazon uh, company, which means that you're you're selling stuff online, but you keep it in Amazon's warehouses, and it's shipped from there. Mm. So there's mm. uh, so that being said, um, what it does is it lets these companies use Amazon for uh, payment and shipping and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Does I'm I'm kind of mad on it because if you don't live in a major metropolitan area, prime shipping doesn't exist, at least as far as the blue trucks coming to your house. When I order something, even, you know, prime shipping, two day shipping. It's still the it's still the man in the brown van that shows up. I tend to think that competition is good because if you start to have a monopoly, then all kinds of things can get can get out of control, like prices. Mm -hmm. So I'm not for I mean, Amazon does what it does well. 
FedEx does what it does well, UPS. I mean, they all have their quirks. Yeah. But if you've got a few choices, now you have the ability to keep prices down and competitive. Yeah. Rather than having one big behemoth suck up all the air. So in general, my experience is I, I, I like my UPS driver and my FedEx driver that, that we see. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've not been as happy as happy. We've had f- fine drivers for the Amazon delivery, but, but I've not, I've, I've been more often unhappy with their deliveries than, than, than has been the case with UPS or FedEx. Because it's never well, the same person. Yeah. Well, I have yeah. never not seen the same person twice. Right. Mm-hmm. In an Amazon truck. Whereas a UPS guy has a route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yep. and FedEx as well. And, you know, the, the thing is, too, is I don't think Amazon wants to compete with FedEx and UPS. They just don't want to have to use FedEx and UPS. Right. In fact, they're not using you know, FedEx at all anymore. Yeah. Or UPS. I mean, like I said, everything I get, it comes through UPS, but it's yeah. it's cheaper for Amazon to have their own drivers and their own planes and their own trucks you know, mm-hmm. in the long run than it is to pay someone else to do that. But could it be that they're trying to not have trying to compete with the U.S. Postal Service because both FedEx and UPS are using Postal Service for some deliveries? Yeah, I've could that be what's going on? Uh, maybe. Oh, well, but see, this is remember, this is them offering the service to other retailers. So that's what okay. it is. They're, they're trying to I think what they're trying to do is subsidize an underwrite the cost of running their own service by having other people pay into it as well. So if other retailers are using their service, that means they're not having to pay as much for it themselves. Uh, To be honest, I've started to become uncomfortable with how reliant on Amazon I've become for online retail. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to spread it out a bit. I try to go to other places and look and see what they got. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's hard. It's really easy to go on Amazon. Uh, You know, I, I wanted an eight quart instant pot because I have a big family and, and it's like, I put in, you use camel, 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 which is a previous pick of the week, put in a price (laughs) I wanted. It came up, I bought it. It came two, uh, two days later. I mean, it's hard to, hard to beat that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd be, I'd be more convinced that Amazon's trying to compete with any of those UPS, FedEx, mm. or the Postal Service, especially since FedEx or Amazon got an agreement with the post office to do Sunday delivery in some places yeah. because of this. Yeah. Um, I'd be more convinced that if they started doing door to door pickup too, you know, like like yeah. you said, Dom, doing business, doing home pickup, where you could ship with Amazon, right? You know, instead of just uh, it's an extended delivery service. I tell you one thing that's been awesome. Again, this is me trying not to be reliant on Amazon, but but here's an awesome thing that they're doing, which is if you need to return something to Amazon, you just take it to a Whole Foods if there's one nearby, and they have our Coles. Yeah, you can take it to Coles as well, right? And it's it's awesome. Like you go in, you you have a piece of paper. They do all the. You don't have to package it. You don't have to you know do any of that. They take care of it. It's like. And while you're here, maybe you'll buy some overpriced groceries, you know, just yeah. or whatever, you know, close or the coals. Coals, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's kind of wild. I mean, I there are things I've bought recently from Amazon, and they've come the same day, like literally mm-hmm. within hours. It's mm-hmm. it's insidious. It's so good. Here, have some more. You know, but it's but it's where we live, Dom. That's right. the whole yeah. thing. Totally. Somebody like Father Corey's not going to get well, that type. Well, I was of- even just going to say is I ordered a I ordered a new uh, all in one printer copier for my um, other church, and it was supposed to arrive today. I ordered it last week. It showed up two days later after I ordered it, so oh, it wow. showed up last week That's instead of this bad. week. You know, so yeah, you know, and I think those of us who've had Prime for a while, we were kind of getting upset with Amazon because during the 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 lovely thing that starts with a C, we had to deal with for the last two years, right. Oh. Prime shipping wasn't prime shipping anymore. Right. But I think they're kind of finally getting back to that. Well, at least in this part of the country, there's a Amazon warehouse every three blocks. So that kind of helps. Yeah. (laughs) My closest is Spokane. I drive past it when I go visit my dad. (laughs) There's like five Amazon warehouses. No lie. Five of them within a 20 minute drive of my house. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. They're finally building one in Rhode Island. Wow. It is wild. And there's one. About 15 miles away from us in Fall River. In the future, everything will be Amazon. 
we, we are Amazon. You will be assimilated. You'll have to go to the metaverse to escape. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that wonderful thought. Uh, it's time for our picks of the week. And Father Corey, Yay. you're up first. What is your pick this week? So I'm actually doing a pick that has been around for a very long time, um, easily 20 years or more. Uh, I mean, this this is something that I used before I even was a seminarian. So that was well over 20 years ago. It's called System Rescue. Originally, it was called Sys- System Rescue CD. And it's a Linux, bootable Linux distribution. Originally, like, like I said, it would, you'd get the ISO and you'd burn it to a CD. Now, of course, you can put it on a USB thumb drive. And it basically, it basically what it is, it's designed for your system crashes, your Windows or Linux system crashes. How do you recover from that? And it can be as simple as just getting access to the hard drive so that you can then copy the data that's on that hard drive and then rebuild your system. It can fix, uh, it can fix partitions. It can fix, you know, directories. I mean, it can do, it could do so many things. It's a great tool especially if you're rebuilding a system. You know, if you've decided I need to reinstall Windows, Windows has just gotten bad, I just need to take it down to flat and restart. This is a good tool. We're talking about privacy earlier. It, you, if I remember correctly, it's got the tools that'll let you do complete wipe of the hard drive, hmm. where you can take the hard drive um, and just completely scratch it. Um, if you've forgotten your Windows password, it's got the tools to go into Windows and change your Windows passwords from Linux. Oh, wow. I mean, it's got, yeah, a wipe and wipe and shred are needed if you need to securely delete data. And be careful, these tools are destructive. Yes, they are. So, I mean, this thing can tell you about your hardware. If your hardware is acting bad, you can run a mem test. You can run hard drive tests. This thing is like, if you need to do any kind of work on any kind of system, that you can't just do under windows you need this if you're you know you're responsible for office computers you need this if you you are worried about your privacy and you're getting rid of your computer and you want to just completely just you know destroy all the data in your hard drive the hard drive is fine but it it just completely it does like the ones and zeros to wipe your hard drive you need this this is just a great recovery tool it's a great system building tool it does like everything and it's been like i said it's been doing it forever that's so it's it's one of the best ones out there. Cool. I I wish there was something like that for the Mac. I remember yeah, there used really. there used to be tools like this for the Mac back in the day, but uh, it's gotten a now little you could, more locked down than. Obviously, you could use this on an Intel Mac, but you can't use it to like recover into Mac or anything like that. Right. This, you could this wipe is a drive. Yeah. Yeah. But if you need to wipe your drive, if you need to repartition things, things like that, you can do that. Um, obviously, what Apple wants you to do is use the recovery partition on the drive. Yeah, which works fairly well, usually. Usually. When it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> yep. That's awesome, uh, Father Gray. And it's uh, obviously it's Linux and thus free. It is absolutely 100% free. You click download here, you download it, and you throw it on, a like I said, a thumb drive. Awesome. I think part of the reason why they don't call it the System Rescue CD anymore is it's now 718, no, wait a second, 718 megabytes. So it's bigger than a CD. It would just fill a CD. (laughs) Won't fill a DVD, though. No, no. Awesome. All right, Joanne, you're up. What's your pick this week? Well, I have an oldie but goodie for Mac users, of course. Um, This is a video downloader converter record your screen it's 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 almost like a swiss army knife for mm. those who like to um bring videos from the internet into your computer without having to you know sort of link to them now this is not for nefarious reasons i use it a lot because of my work but it's called wondershare all my tube and yes it was originally used for youtube but now mm-hmm. you can get any kind of videos from Vimeo to Vivo to Daily Motion, and it's a one step. Um, you click on the URL, you paste the URL, and in it comes. From there, you can convert it to a different um, file file format if you don't like MP4. 
It'll do a couple of <laughs> different ones. Uh, you can also extract the MP3, the audio from it. In fact, for YouTube, it'll ask you, you know, do you just mm-hmm. want the audio? Yep. Uh, which is a nice thing. Um, and it also has a record feature. So if you can't get it, you can actually play the video on your screen and inside of this um, rectangle, it will record everything that's there. Oh, cool. Right. I use it mostly for the reason that sometimes I find the link online and I'm going to use it in a presentation. All of a sudden, the link's gone. Mm. So I would prefer to have this material on my computer Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to worry about connecting to the internet. Sometimes the internet at at one of the parishes doesn't work. I I tell you, this is actually (laughs) something that like it, in churches, churches mm-hmm. are, are are big Faraday cages or school buildings are often that mm-hmm. way, These, especially the, the older they are, and they prevent signals from getting in. And so if you ever need to show a video in a religious ed or sometimes mm-hmm. the diocese wants the pastor to show uh, you know the, mm-hmm. the annual appeal video in tr- yep. and they put it on Vimeo or on YouTube and you're supposed to play it from there. And you're like, oh, I don't have Internet there. Well, this is a way of download it. You don't have to worry about any connection problems. It's on your hard drive. You just play it. I, I do this all the time. Whenever whenever I had to do presentations, if there was a vi- video involved, mm-hmm. I would I would know I would not rely on the internet at all. I would just download it and and do that sort of thing. Yeah, I'll tell you, this has been one of my stalwarts for yep. at, at least fifteen years in many different mm-hmm. yep. you know um, convert you know contraptions but i believe right now i can't remember i think it's about 40 dollars. you can try it for free see if you like it mm-hmm. um i don't use the converter part though because i i like handbrake yeah it's just something mm-hmm. because handbrake's a little bit more versatile but if you're looking for something that you can get a, a video into your computer and use it from there my all my tube from wondershare is uh is your utility knife so it's 30 dollars <laughs> Oh, it's 30. Oh, good. (laughs) And it's available for Mac and Windows. Ah, I thought it was just a Mac app. Yep. Good. Very nice. So this for for everyone can can enjoy. Excellent. All right. So my pick of the week is an app called Cheap Charts. And it Cheap Charts your media deals. It's available for iPad, but also iPhone and Apple TV and Mac. You can even run it on a... um, M1 Mac, if you if you uh, have one of those, and what it does is it it basically watches the iTunes Store. So this is if you're an Apple person, which if you mm-hmm. have an iPhone, you probably are, and keeps track of all of the things like whether it's uh, movies or other things like that. Usually movies or TV shows, and when they go on sale. So if there's a sale on a on they'll list it and they'll show you how much you're making and what the bundles are. And even sometimes they'll have like, if uh, iTunes gift cards go on sale. So, you know, for when your pastor needs one, uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like you, you can get a hundred dollar gift card for 80 bucks or so you're basically saving $20 and, and you just, you'll throw that on your account that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's nice. It, it, uh, it's fairly simple, straightforward. There's lots of lots and lots of movies and other you know shows on there uh, on iTunes that you'd be surprised that you would find. Uh, but uh, it's it's a really useful app and it's free to to use and it'll even save you money. So that's even better, right? Uh, so, thank uh, you. I just downloaded it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cheap charts. Yeah. So it will and it does categories like movies on sale. It gives you the movies chart. So what's the, the most popular movies? Um, and then you can look at categories like movies that are in 4K, movies that are upgraded to 4K, movie bundles, the IMDb top 250, movies you can pre-order, uh, what's new on iTunes. So you can set up alerts if you're looking for a particular movie that's coming out or if you want to get the movie but only when it's on sale or that sort of thing. So th- it's got all kinds of stuff like that in there. So you just check it out. Cheap charts. All right, that should do it for us this time. So we would love to get your feedback on our discussion, including my question about Mint Mobile. If you're a Mint Mobile user, don't forget. So you can let us know what you think of our discussion by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or at the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit our StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash 
Discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to follow us, uh, the, the show, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're in your favorite podcast app. And we're also at the StarQuest YouTube channel where you can listen and uh, make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. We'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.